Hi, I'm Margaret Cho. You're listening to Monsters of Talk. I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I am Jim Short. Um, it, it, it's a, this is a, a kind of a disturbing um, supplemental ep- episode we've been doing lately. It was a sort of a regular we've, we've thing. We've done too many of these, actually. Well, I don't expect to do. I didn't expect to do this today, but um, so the last week is a very significant week, and I, I'm still having a lot of trouble with this. And so we wanted to just have a brief talk about the life of Joan Rivers, who um, was a hugely important person in my life, and and of course for many many fans all over the world for such a long time. But um, yeah, I I I kind of still struggling with the reality of it. it. It's I mean that whole week when she was she was I guess she was uh, in a coma. Didn't you feel like she was going to come out and be back on yeah. TV, like like on Monday? You know, I mean, that, that really felt like that, right? Well, she's such an irrepressible person. Uh, you could never imagine a- ever a time mm-hmm. where where she would have. She seemed a, et- eternal. Yeah, yeah, and also um, just really vibrant, just a really energetic person. She she possessed a lot more energy than me and certainly many many people in comedy um Mm -hmm. at 81 could you imagine still like she just did a show that Mm -hmm. week the night before she she was in the hospital uh and she had a a tour planned yeah and you just think that's 81 and she's up there doing it and and you just you just i mean i see people you know like my folks they're not as energetic as her and she's got them by you know a decade Yes, yeah, she's very she's very energetic, and I I don't know um, I'm in a, a really weird space about it too. I just got my invitation for the funeral. Oh, you did, which is like I knew you know it's like one of those things where you know you're invited, but at the same time it's like you kind of hope that you get invited, but then you don't. Right. It's an invitation that you want, but you don't want. Like I don't, I'm not ready to say goodbye because I. I still can't. That's I think that's that's one thing because th- this is not just like um, somebody that that we've all loved. This is somebody who was kind of a friend of yours. Yeah. So it so it even makes it even much more difficult. Like we're gonna mourn her loss anyway, but for you, it this is personal. You've lost someone who's I'd say a bit of a mentor, a bit of an inspiration, right? Well, and now and now to go to the funeral that is got that's going to be. It, it's nice in some way, but it that's got to be heartbreaking. Yeah, it's really heartbreaking. I I am um, deciding instead since I'm gonna go. Uh, I, I was gonna go back to L.A. to do um, Larry King's s- s- Monday. We're gonna do a bunch of um, remembrances with some of her old friends like Don Rickles and Regis Philbin, and 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 so I, w- I was gonna go back and do that Monday. And so it's sort of that they're also gonna do um, services. Thursday and Friday for her in LA. Uh huh. So I I don't know, I don't know if I can because we have to leave for that too. That's the other thing too. Oh yeah, that, we we're supposed to be on tour. Yeah, yeah. she would understand that. Well, the show's the show's got to go on. Well, right? maybe that that in a way is a better remembrance is to do these um, comedy shows for her, and then also mm-hmm. you know going to traveling to do comedy day and stuff which is you know in, in tribute originally it had been in tribute to robin and, and also in general the spirit of comedy in san francisco but really this has got, got to be much deeper um so 
yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, it, what Joan Rivers meant to me, it wasn't just that she was a role model or she wasn't just the, um, somebody that I looked up to. It was just, she was sort of my last resort. You know, there's, there's certain, sometimes there's people that you have in your life that sort of you, they become like your last resort. And so, you know, like the, 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 the one person that you go to right. and you go, okay, this is what's going on. What do I do about it? So she was like my one, I very rarely would reach out to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just did in May. I, I, I remember I had a terrible, terrible show. And it was like, uh, it was an organization that had hired her the year before and they were deeply disappointed in her. So they were telling me how badly she had gone over and they were hoping that I would do better. And then, so I knew that it was going to be bad gig if they're, they're complaining about her to me. And then I was supposed to go on and then I did terrible too. And then, so after the gig, I was outraged and I, I reached out to Joan and you know, she just sent me this series of emails, like just telling them to fuck off and how great I was. Right, and right. you know, it was really, it, it really, it made you feel so much better. I mean, I think for comedians, no matter how much we sort of say we don't mind it, having a bad show really is a terrible thing because it's an existential crisis. Like, what do you mm-hmm. do? You exist even if you don't have the ability to perform comedy like you think you should. Right. So, but this this wasn't a normal show. This you were performing for an organization that well, needed a comedian. So it's it's sort of out of your hands. Those gigs are always going to be bad. They're always bad, but, but they're, they're they also, also need to know who they're booking. If they book Joan and they book you, yeah, you and know, they hate us both. It's going to be it's gonna, it might be more than than an organization can handle, rather than right. your fans coming. It's not like you bombed in front of your fans. Not that you even bombed, but no, didn't didn't they? Um, Stop the show or no? They didn't stop it, but they were just. No, they didn't you stop told it. me about it. They were just really shitty to you. No, right? they well, they didn't. Uh, they they just didn't um, really know. It was like a corporate gig. Yeah, but that's kind of like the level of like. Um, sometimes you get you get these gigs that are just like big money gigs, and you go, oh, "I'll just right. take it because I don't." Whatever I don't know, <laughs> and then um, it it was just such a an incredible thing. But the the powerful thing was she had the strength in my mind to kind of be the person that can just make that all go away. You know, there's like every once in a while, there's people that you go, I'm going to save this kind of relationship and only utilize it a very special occasions. Mm -hmm. Like these very, um, every, you know, every time I needed something or if like, I wanted her to be on our podcast, which was like a big thing. That was huge. Huge. And she was so into it. Or I asked her to be on my reality show years ago. I'd asked her to come and be on drop dead diva. Every time I asked her, Anything she would do it. Yeah, she would always do it. It, it. it it may take a while. There might be a little bit of time, but she's going to make sure it gets done. And, um, you know, just a a really uh, kind of a the, sort of a person that I I really don't know what I'm going to do without. Like I don't know exactly like how does this go without her. Imagining a world without Joan. It's kind of it's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. Because that once again, it's one of those people you think, well, she. She's always going to be there because mm. she's always been there for you. Yeah, as somebody that you that made you laugh and and that you could turn to in that moment of like, hey, this shit happened. What what help me out? You know, I know. and that's an that's an amazing thing to have anyone that you can turn to for that. It's but incredible. specifically her is great. And then having her on the podcast, I mean, that was real deal showbiz stardom going yeah. to see her because I mean I've I've been around a few people, but going to see her that was like. Man, this is an icon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was so lovely and nice. That's what people just, they just don't know. It's just how some how sweet and cool 
and kind some of these people are. And yeah. I loved how we were intro- introing her and the intro, not that it was over the top, but she's just like, I'm just Joan. Yeah. Cut all that other stuff out. I'm just, and she was, that's, the, I think that's the thing that about it. She really was just a down to earth, genuine person mm-hmm. you know at the core of it just a, a sweetheart and yeah. she jesus she had some stories so many so many funny stories and there's just such a fondness for all of us you know all the girl comics like myself and of course kathy griffin mm-hmm. and and um people like sarah silverman it, it's funny i'm watching sarah silverman out there kind of in the press and stuff and I, I'm feeling it like I, I Kathy's definitely Kathy Griffin is great because she's definitely kind of coming at sort of in a way like a Melissa Rivers proxy. It's like Melissa Rivers probably is too overcome to speak. But right. Kathy is like in a good place to kind of be like that proxy. But Sarah, like I go, I'm like, Sarah, oh, we're like the younger daughters. We're like the little or like the like mm-hmm. babies who just don't really understand. I, I don't know. Like I, I this all of this just makes me struggle with the. the the finality of death and um, the truth of death, which is really very hard for me. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I've just been really upset for, you know, since Thursday, kind of not, kind of participating a little bit with like watching the, the memorializing on TV and stuff, which is really nice. That was, that's, there's been a lot. I, I was watching, um, I just happened to glance over on the plane last night as we flew into Chicago and you were watching one of the, it might have been on E because mm-hmm. it was satellite on, on the plane mm-hmm. and you were watching one of the tributes and then you came on the screen. Yeah. So it was interesting to watch you watching yourself. Yeah, it's And funny. then it cut to Joan making a comment <laughs> and you started laughing so hard. And then you told <laughs> so us cute. afterwards what she said. But uh, that was a really lovely moment though to see, to see, to, to see, Joan's still making you laugh. Yeah. And taking the piss out of you, but in, in not in a way that's mean or nasty. It's just like, you <laughs> know, that's funny. what she did. It's just sometimes she fucking went for the funny. She's always did, though. She always did, which mm-hmm. is great. I mean, that's, but that's what it always was. I loved it was it. always she just went for the funny. I, mean, yeah. I don't mean sometimes. She just, it she was just did. funny. It was always funny. And, uh, you know, people would say that she's mean, but she's really not. It's just sometimes it's ridiculous. People, people um, uh, misconstrue mean for the truth yeah. and sometimes some people don't want to hear that truth yeah and you know what some people actually do look like what she it does it really does the, look like it, it. the truth hurts a little bit it's and so funny. Uh, maybe we've maybe we've sheltered ourselves as a society to where we can't handle a bit of that truth you know um not to get all movie quotes on it but but sometimes we need some goddamn truth and that's that's what's missing is people like joan Mm-hmm. Uh, up there well you know not missing but i mean you know you're up there telling the truth on stage as well but uh, you know but at the core of it on on fashion police they're just having some fun it's just funny and it's just like if you're gonna silly. wear that, some people are gonna wear that shit somebody needs to go oh, it's funny look here oh what the fuck are you wearing but it's also like it's not even about fashion i mean the genius of all of what she was doing really is just like let's just share in the awesome spectacle that the show business that people have these resources where they'll get like all dressed up and like for joan i think she never stopped loving fairy tales and she never stopped loving like cinderella and cinderella Uh going to the ball and for her um that's what everybody was doing everybody was just going to the ball and and she was just wanted to be a girly part of that and, right. and so it, it it really has less to do with fashion and more to do with like 
fantasy and glamour and yeah. play. Like with her, like everything was like a like a, a tea party. She was such a mom like all the time and it but it was like she just knew how to like bring out the playful side of being a girl. And that's I think what is the genius of Fashion Police is that it, it it's really it, it's not about anything except like let's just like enjoy the spectacle of all these things that you know are are almost out of our reach because I think Joan maintained herself on the side of the every person and every woman, mm-hmm. even though she was definitely she was glamorous, glamour. but she kept yeah she kept her own sort of um, she kept herself normal and human as well. Yeah, like her point of view, and she'd always like make jokes about herself and and stuff. And yeah, um, yeah, you couldn't make fun of Joan because she was already there ahead of you, right? But maybe because I'm of a younger generation that appreciated Joan's. Um, dirtiness she was filthy like i would go see her i i I saw her probably most in england because i would go see her my promoter there is friends with her and that he they also promoted her tour that just got canceled because the the tour was called in in england it's called before they close the lid which is so great (laughs) but unfortunately it's not gonna happen but um so i would go see her in england and i i remember um being um Oh man, it's like I, I, I. It was right when the Monica Lewinsky thing had happened, and so she was. She had this dress that had like a big white splotch on it, and it was. She was like, oh, "I just, I got this dress from Monica." Like, and it was just all the stupid jokes. Not stupid, but just nasty, filthy, mm-hmm, mean, mm-hmm. hilarious jokes about Bill Clinton and Linda Tripp, and it was all. It was all semen based, and I couldn't believe it. And that that she probably was like. 70 she you know 68 69 and that's about 15 years ago or something like yeah. that yeah yeah and it really impressed me even then so i i, I mean I, I think that's what was her enduring legacy for me and i think that probably is true for sarah silverman too because sarah, sarah silverman and i both sort of deal in the same kind of language and filthiness um uh, that that to us is really appealing so um i don't know that's what i that's what i loved about joan she was. What was the? When was the first time you ever met her? I think we actually met face to face in uh, nineteen ninety nine. I, I think I did not meet her for several years because she was such an idol mm-hmm. that I uh, I would have been scared. And yeah. I remembered like um, you know just finding her so a big deal. Um, but then she, I, I, res- I did an off Broadway show in New York, and then she she loved the show she had come to the show i don't even remember her coming or even knowing if i had known she was there i would have freaked out <laughs> like i don't even know she was there it was some weird thing didn't where she, she come. didn't wasn't there something where she didn't want people to know she was there or something like that yeah or did she tell me something like that like something. she just doesn't want people to know she's in the audience or yeah so she was just very um you know she's just she's she, well, they also don't want to make a big deal they yeah. just want to come in and watch the show and not overshadow the event or yeah make themselves the event either no, but she'd come, so I received an award, so she wanted to present it to me. It was like, I think, a Mac Theater Award. It was like one of those um, theater oh, awards cool. in, in New York. And so she came and she wanted to meet me. So we sat down and um, she had like a box of like mints and then she she threw them all on the table and she just sat there like eating them. And we were like talking all night and um, uh, everything was fun and it, we got along really well until the end of the night where we were all leaving and then um, she was like, I just have a line of jewelry on QVC and I'm going to get you some because I, I know what's perfect for you. 
And I, I said, oh, I don't wear jewelry. And she gave me the most withering look. <laughs> Like it was like. Did you, see, you you think oh, I've blown it with Joan forever? I thought I've blown it forever. I've blown it ever ever. This, and then she was just like looked at me with like such shock and horror. Like <gasps> I don't know what happened after that. But I thought I had I had ruined our relationship. But fortunately, that was not a deal breaker. Mm. It was all okay. But she also because you've mentioned this in the past on on our, on our show. But she always had a running joke with you too mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about. Um, dogs oh yeah she always like for <laughs> 20 well like the, since we met i guess since 1999 she has um, made fun of me eating dogs and made jokes about me eating dogs and it's just been this thing where um i was like i'm gonna make you eat dog now because you have made fun of me for such a good long time you need to try it because you know you should and she was like yeah you're right <laughs> like she's like yeah, I know. And so the, I, I found this place in um, L.A. where they serve it. They don't serve it with actual dogs, but they serve it with lamb. But it tastes just like it, supposedly. It's called pushing tongue. So she really wanted to know what it, what it, what it sounded like, pushing tongue, and she really wanted to go. So that's the thing that we never got to do. <laughs> but she was going to do it. I mean, she really has made a lot of fun of me for so long, so she should. But but that's just great that she had a you know you had that rapport and that running joke mm-hmm. and that thing that she, you know but at the heart of it I know that she loved you and yeah. and, and so respected funny. you and admired you because but had to make the joke because it's she's going to make the, she's not going to so pass funny. up a joke no because it's so funny and it's so it, it's so like the running like it's like the one thing that it's just always going to say and I love it. I, I just think it's so hysterical. Isn't there that thing too? Like it's funny because some people get pissed off about some things a comedian says, and you just want to go. If you really take it that seriously, like I, I I don't mean that she didn't mean it, but at the same time, like if you if you get pissed off at any of her jokes as an audience member or or as somebody mm-hmm. that gets joked about, mm-hmm. then it, it, I mean it, it it's not that it wasn't true what she was saying, but. I don't think it ever came from a malicious place. It just came from funny first. Yeah, she's and that's just trying that's to make what jokes. people lose sometimes. Is like, yeah, it's a bit harsh, but it's also pretty goddamn funny. It's funny, but it's not. It's not. It's it's mean, but it's not coming from a place of like nasty. I mean, it, there's no ill will behind it. No. It's just pure, like, hey, here's the joke. You've set. You basically set up the joke for me, and I'm gonna go for it. Yeah. Well, it's also she would make jokes about like archetypes and things like she would write a joke about just the type of person or a type of service phenomenon. And then she would be able to recycle it and use it a couple of years later or even something like 30 years later or 40 years later. <laughs> like it would actually like come into And some material use. is eternal. You can just, you know, just you can so always funny. bring it back. <laughs> Which is so funny. And it's like it, it really is like just you're really committing what she was doing is she was committing to a role she was committing to a role of that joker and she was not letting go of that and it was a constant and that's what's great about it is that she really just took that so seriously yeah yeah so that's that's what i love is that it it was always about the joker that you could never you could never really get mad no this is the funny thing that's online right now is that um um everybody's saying that her death is because of the illuminati (laughs) 
because I've heard a few different. <laughs> that's the, the weirdest something, thing. Something with Beyonce, something with the Obamas, because she said he was gay and Michelle looks like a tranny, and like all of a sudden she's dead. Dead, dead, dead. But then and also, then the, I haven't heard the Illuminati one. The though. Illuminati was that the last joke that she had tweeted about was about Beyonce, and then um, so then Beyonce, because of the Illuminati connections, had her killed on her birthday, and then. The, the birth date, something about birth date and death date and birth date um, with Beyonce. Something about the ages. Yeah. Something I, I saw, that... Like it, Joan was born in 1933, Beyonce. I don't think Beyonce, I don't think she has that kind of power. I don't know. But she's, got, like, she's got chart power, but she don't have kill an old lady power. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's like <laughs> Illuminati. Well, I'm like, well, that's really, that's pretty intense, like lum, numerology. I don't really get that part, but. I guess it's, I think it's kind of funny. I'm like, that's really, that's pretty great. You know, I, it, the, all of that. Um, did, did she, what did she ever say about Beyonce? Do you even know? Like, did she have jokes about her? I mean, I don't she, think she, did, she but... really didn't. I don't, I don't even think it was any kind of. Uh, but Joan, Joan dissed everyone. It wasn't like she was, she held it for, I mean, she if, had it, you know, no, she, she would just spread it around for no, everybody. She's funny. She just, I, I don't think that she really, the only person that I could say that she really had it in for was Elizabeth Taylor. And I know what that's about. Did you ever feel bad? I felt a little bad for Elizabeth Taylor. No. About that. No, because the what it is, is that it's really about But it was how, funny. It was funny. Well, it's funny, but it's not really about Elizabeth Taylor. What it is about is about how um, Elizabeth Taylor is like a symbol of like the kind of girl that would just get everything. Like Elizabeth Taylor was like so beautiful. Yeah. and got everything because of that and then she got like every guy and then like got every job and got everything and so in the 50s if you think about like Joan working in like this clothing company and like working like selling buttons which is what she used to do at like a department store right and just having to watch this like young woman <laughs> be an asshole to everybody and it's just because she's beautiful and so it was like oh, was she was she not nice no, I mean, well, like she had a, all the marriages. I mean, who knows if she was nice mm -hmm. or not? Did she but take she was, people's husbands too? She, I don't know if she took people's husbands so much. She just had a lot. She, she just, just had, had a yeah, lot, but yeah. also she also she had the life. She had the life. She had the life. She had she had every job, everything. She just had was put on a pedestal for so long. So for Joan Rivers, it was like this is the one area where girls like her and myself have our revenge. It's the theater of our revenge because mm -hmm. we, we don't have any power anywhere else except for in our voices. And so this was like the one place where we could even the score. And that, that I totally got that. It was like really um, a very iconoclastic thing to do. So, so when Elizabeth Taylor in the 80s got a bit bigger mm -hmm. that was jones moment it's to, funny to it's get, just ridiculous back. Yeah, just yeah, getting yeah, back yeah. it's like because you know it's just ridiculous and it's like so funny and it's not even really about elizabeth taylor it's just about um now we've got our own like it's like the the, the true joke is like can we talk because that's what she was like wanting to interview interject honesty into a space like, mm -hmm. can we talk is really like let's just get down with it and talk about it and you know what when she was telling those jokes she was just saying like these people have been treated differently why do these people get, get put on a pedestal and people like us don't and stuff like that it was very deep things that she was talking about but through the language of jokes and comedy mm. so i mean that's what is a great legacy about her and what is really um, amazing to think about is that injection of honesty and that truth. And, but you know, she was also competitive. She was in a com in a competitive kind of 
position. She was also a girl, which made her um, want to try harder all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, well, she we, had to. Yeah. She had to. Uh, and you know, and to 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 fight back as much as she did after several huge sort of valleys, mm-hmm. you know, that she had to come back out of, she never stopped. No, no, and um, it, you know, it's powerful. But even like things like when we did, um, we were in Washington D.C. to present uh, George Carlin with the Mark Twain Award, and this is after he had died, and um, and so I, I, she and I were like the opposite like work ethic for this kind of thing because she got to the venue like early and she stayed in her dressing room like from the afternoon on writing jokes to make sure that they were better and and funnier than everybody else on because she really wanted to make a make a statement she loved George and she really wanted to do him justice and um but everybody else was there was like Bill Maher and John Stewart and all all those like guys um and I got to the event like right before I was supposed to go on, like the show had already been going on. The show had already had like been like an hour in and I arrived and I just did my thing and I didn't write anything for it. Cause I was like, I'm here for the, the, just the party. Like I wasn't, you know, I, I should have been more um, mm-hmm. active in ranges, but I was like, Oh, they'll write jokes for me. But then she wanted to write her own and wanted it to be really good. And so it's like, she really paid attention to it. And then now I'm like, I've got to pay more attention to that kind of stuff too. Like I've got to be more involved too. Because she's really she's really showing me like there was so much more to it that I kind of like not, I don't know, ignore or whatever. Did you ever see the film that she made in the 70s, Rabbit Test? Oh, no, she I never saw that. She a movie. It was about the first man to ever get pregnant. Oh, that's funny. And it was Billy Crystal. It's- it's Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal is in it, yeah. Oh, that's great. I have to I, see it. It's, it's like in the mid-70s or something like that. She made I know another... I've seen it on cable somewhere. She wrote uh, a, a good movie. Um, I have to see that. I, f- I feel like Richard Benjamin's in it. But no, that's Saturday the probably, 14th. Probably. <laughs> probably. Maybe somewhere. Yeah. He was in, in just about everything at that point. Yeah. But um, she also made... Um, she wrote The Girl Most Likely, too, which is a great... S- sort of like a comedy but it's 70s and it's with Dr. Uh-huh. Channing and it's about an ugly girl who um gets plastic surgery to become and then she becomes beautiful and like every it, it's that's always like her trajectory is like she loves the ugly duckling mm-hmm. storyline and and through comedy that's where we became swans that's why she had such an affection for me because she really saw herself in me right um in you know like all the girls in comedy we all sort of have a bit of that ugly duckling thing mm-hmm. um whether that's even true or not but it, well, it's just yeah, yeah. it's you know. i mean but it's it's the way you guys feel but yeah just know that there's plenty of cool uh people out here who never thought any of you were ugly no but it's not even about that no, i know like, no, i know but i mean at the same time just that's, that just needs to be said <laughs> no you, of course because none of you were no of course uh, right, it's, the feel, it's the feeling it's, it's the, the feeling it's society puts it upon that that only one thing is beautiful yeah where honestly so much is beautiful. So much is, but it's also buying into it too. Like I, 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 I try not to think about it too much, but you know, like people buy into the idea of like value and looks, a certain looking a certain way, and so then they feel a lot of regret and sadness when they don't fulfill that, or their lives are not that. And so, um, but I, I mean, it is in, in a sort sort of a sim- to simplify it too too much. It's that that thing that she and I had that was more than an ugly duckling thing. It was where well, that's way too simple, but it's certainly something that we bonded on, and um, certainly something that I think a lot of people appreciated about her. Yeah, no. So it's just a really 
I don't know. I, I, I'm, uh, uh, I, I'm really upset. I'm not um, really kind of sure what's, what happens now. You know, I, I, th- this kind of grief is really strange to me. Also, we lost a good friend to our show and a good friend to um, music and to everything Nikki to be, which is really another totally unexpected thing. And, and he was so young and, yeah. and, and it was just, that, that's just a terrible, terrible loss. So, you know, it, it seems like relentless, this like, you know, and of course, Robin Williams, everything um, has been very difficult in the last couple of weeks just to thinking, thinking about stuff. But I don't, I, I really don't, I don't know. Like, I, I've never felt um, so rootless. And there's a very, a very odd feeling. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Yeah, well, it's, you know, these aren't just, once again, they're not just figures. They're people that you actually knew and loved mm-hmm. and 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 spent time and was around and they were friends. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard. The loss of the it's hard losing an icon that you love that maybe you don't know, mm-hmm. but losing people that, you know, yeah, is it, it, that's the thing. That's the thing that you strip it away. You didn't lose Robin. You didn't lose Joan, the icon. You lost your friend. Yeah. That you could contact in that moment of need. Like, hey, this is this is something I need help with. Yeah. And you could reach out to. And that's that's gone. That's gone. That's that. That's the 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 really hard part is that the you know and also the acknowledgement of like there is everybody has that one person that's like your last resort that mm-hmm. you're going to go to whether that's a parental figure. Or like a childhood friend or whatever, somebody that you perceive has a lot of power that can kind of rectify the situation, but you don't want to take advantage of it. You only want to do it when you really need it. And that, to me, has a lot. Like now that is gone. And that is a really huge thing to... uh, And in a way, um, Robin, I think, was that for San Francisco comedy to Robin Williams, was that go-to last person to for a lot of comedians in San Francisco. Um, so, so almost, uh, like the, the female aspect of it and the male aspect of that, those like last resort people are gone for me. So that's what's, that's two big hits in comedy in a month. That is two huge presence, presences to be gone in, in a very short space. It's just amazing personalities mm-hmm. just just and we're without both of them right now that is that's it's, uh, really it's unimaginable weird. isn't it you it's know? really unimaginable and it's really but we but you really i thought both of them were eternal that they mm-hmm. you know well they're always going to be around yeah and that you you kind of assume that they would be but uh, it's uh, yeah it's a different different quality to it i mean because joan was so active and so open and so vibrant and so communicative and so much about gratitude she mm-hmm. was like always about how lucky are we we're so lucky we're so lucky that we have this job this ability to be together and this is the best you know and, and she was so positive so in a sense it's very very different from robin williams story where you know that that seems d- d- very tragic because of yes. his his situation but with joan it, it it's a little easier to celebrate her life. Of course, she she was older too, so she. It it yeah. It's it's still sad. It's still, but it's not the tragedy of Robin. No, which is I, I think everyone's still trying to deal with that. 
dealing still dealing with Joan because it's unexpected. Even though she was mm-hmm. older, you go, well, shit, she was on stage the night before. Yeah. How how is it she's not here? But with Robin, it's just you know. But any kind of loss, like if you lose anybody close to you, mm-hmm. I don't know that you ever really recover. I mean, you keep going, but yeah. I don't know how you ever get past it. Well, I, I I think it's just a really it's just a weird thing. It's like oh, it's like you're it's it's very jarring and I I don't know why I I had focused on this, but right before like the day before Robin Williams had passed away, I was contemplating unimaginable loss, and I was thinking about like how how. How how do just you just a general one just a general yeah. unimaginable loss like how do you define unimaginable loss and what would be unimaginable loss now and what would that look like and then I, I was like trying to think in your life yeah like what it would be just to, you know those passing things like oh you know but I remember it made an impact like I thought that's a weird thing and now I get it like now I feel like I have experienced this unimaginable loss not and I think not just me but everybody in the world has anybody yeah. in the in the world who's a fan of these different artists work, you know, that, that I, 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 I see that now. Mm-hmm. I feel that now. And I feel really, really strange about it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, I, losing someone that you care about. I mean, it, it's that thought of like, I'm never going to, I'm never going to get a phone call in the middle of the night from that person. Mm-hmm. Or I'm never going to talk. I'm never going to see that. Per- it's, that's hard to live with. Yeah. But I'm, I mean, it's it's like not only that it it's not only like the contact. Uh, it's like the what's harder is that like they're not there. Like well, it's not bit, even yeah, they're not there. It's not even like I'm not not even that I'm not going to receive whatever that I'm used to receiving from them. Um, I can't even think about them in the way that I thought about them before. Yeah. Like every time I thought about them before, I, like I, I have to rectify that thought. Mm. now because they're they're physically not there no that's that's a hard thing i mean i I, i've lost somebody very close to me not long ago and it's it is unimaginable Mm -hmm. because that that they're gone and what makes me what makes me sad is the people who are left behind the other families yeah they have the family member because in my case it's it's devastating when i talk to them and in robin's case i think of his kids yeah, and in Joan's case, I think of I think of Melissa and her, her son, and what what they got to deal with is just it's just it's just unimaginable. Yeah, and but it's, all of us we don't have those people we love. Yeah, it's a it, it's really it's really hard. It, it's really strange, and I mean, you know what what is good is that there 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 is an opportunity to grieve with everybody. You know, and that's fun too. Mm-hmm. It's just to like be able to like watch TV and see how much people are really hurting. And, and especially with Joan, I think with Robin, it was like so much shock and so much focus on depression and, yeah. you know, that as an illness and kind of a thinking about mental illness in a new way. With Joan, it's just pure, um, what, a, what a life, like pure appreciation. It's, it's also celebration of an amazing life. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost like a wake yeah, because there's so much to. I mean, the stories that we were just telling last night in the in the in the in the ride back from the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, just funny stories of shit that she said to people, or things that happen, or whatever. It is that you know. Yeah. Even though it's a sad thing, there's still like, oh, uh, let me share this story. You mm-hmm. know, let me laugh about that. 
and yeah. um, you know that's that's the thing that you that you keep there, like all the all the all the things that that you know within the sadness. There's also a lot of laughs because laughter because these people were funny and hilarious and, and had fun and, and amazing. And just had fun. Um, there's going to be a nice a two-hour, uh, I think next Friday, they're going to do a nice two-hour fashion police. And they asked me to do it, and I, I, I can't. I won't be there because we'll be gone. Oh, that's right. I would love to. She would tell me that um, they used to used to start fashion police at 7 in the morning. So she would have um, them go get her like a cup of coffee like from Starbucks, and then she would dump it out and pour Chardonnay in it. <laughs> so it was like her fun to Because that was like... She's like, I'm just going to have fun now because that was like the easy job mm-hmm. is like doing fashion police and doing that kind of stuff. So that's like, she could just drink and, and stuff. She always focused a lot harder if it was like stand up comedy or, or actually on the red carpet. But she, um, yeah, she, she always, always had a like a fun time too. She just loved it. I think mm. she just loved it. Like, and made us all fall in love with it again, you know, like just loved comedy and loved to work and, and always, you know, wanted us to know and remember how great it was that we loved it. And, you know, and, um, you know, she just reminded me. So like now she just has to remind me, you know, just in my heart. Um, but it's like very, it's funny when I was at, um, <clears throat> be reals that they're, uh, compound the cypress hill compound this week this was when she was still in a coma and they were like talking about her and stuff and they were like oh she's really she's hot <laughs> they're like oh how hot she is they're like oh I forgot like they're like oh she's like she's like kind of like sarah silverman <laughs> like if sarah silverman was on mad men <laughs> which is so cute ah, that's funny that's which funny so cute but they were talking about how sexy she was and i was like when she wakes up i can't wait to tell her that these like rappers were talking about how hot you are, you know, like it's like those are the things you can't. She's not going to hear, but maybe she hears them now. She, ever she hears everything, mm-hmm. which is great. But it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I really wanted to tell her that that that's like one thing that I wanted her to know. It would have been good. Yeah, but it's it's sad. Like I I I kind of wanna I want to take over her. Um, booking like i want to go do shows like the were the ones that she couldn't do just so that people will have that ability to just go out still right. you know that they don't right. have an empty night now um that'd be a fun thing to do um it'd be great if all the female comics could go and take over all her little jobs left i think that would be cool wouldn't that be cute like if we could all just go like we could get get a plane and all go uh, i think that'd be really sweet um but yeah, I just, I don't know. I, like, I don't know what comedy is going to be like now. I feel like, in a way, um, all of uh, the female comics uh, that are pretty directly affected, which I think would be Kathy, myself, um, Wanda Sykes, Elisa Lampanelli, Amy Schumer, I feel like all of us, we're just going to be, we're going to have to take up something. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to have to do some of her work. I feel like that's going to be, the thing that happens is that something will happen like, like that we'll have to take it over. And that seems right. That seems really good. Um, you know, and I, I love, I, I love all those women in comedy. And so it's nice to, I have them in my mind too, because I know that they're thinking of me because I'm thinking of them a lot. Um, and how solitary our job is sometimes. And, and then when something like this happens, it's really devastating because it, it, it's like you still can't break out of the solitary nature of stand-up comedy. It's still a very isolating 
job. So in our loneliness, we still have to carry on with it. Just remember that it's like there's one less of us. It's really scary. Mm. It's sad. But I don't know. I, I, I'm really upset and I don't think uh, I will stop being upset for a while. But what's good is that I get to spend um, several days uh, talking about her and missing her and talking and sharing to stories with, with the other yeah. people that knew her really well and have amazing. Yeah. And others, you know, reminiscing when she did the Louie episode um, and she's like, I go, she made out with Louie and I go, was it hot? And she goes, no. No, of course not. It's gonna be. It's not gonna. Well, be I think Louis is hot. It would be hot to me. And I goes, was it hot? Just, no. <laughs> it's just so cute. I I I miss her. I I don't know. You know, I I don't know what to say or or what what when this will be better. Um. I I think you have to cut out that Don French stuff. I don't think you can. I'll I'll work around it. <laughs> Sorry. I'll work around it. Well, I know you want to put this up right now. Well, I'm gonna have to do some edit. It'll go up sometime. But um, won't you uh, won't you close this out by telling us what she said about you on the red carpet? Oh, um, when I was I, I I was nominated for Grammy in 2003, and I wore a dress that was um it was like all peacock feathers and they had like peacock feathers sticking out of the top and she says oh it looks like 12 gay robin hoods took a shot at her <laughs> at the same time <laughs> and i was really laughing because i didn't expect it the joke was gonna be about me mm-hmm. but it was it was like you know like hoda's like well she took a lot of shots on the red carpet <laughs> it was like the joke was about me, and I was like, "This is the best." <laughs> that isn't isn't that the greatest? Because I look, I just, I don't know. You know, you just happen to look over at that right moment, and I <laughs> and I saw you, and I could see your your little screen because you were across directly across the aisle, mm-hmm. like diagonal across um, the seat in front, but on the other side. And I could see the screen and whatever, and then you showed up for a second, and then they cut to Joan, and then I just saw you laughing uncontrollably and i was like that is a beautiful moment that i just witnessed so cute and it's nice to have a laugh in all of that but uh-huh. i'd wondered what what uh she said <laughs> and it was so that's funny. pretty damn funny it's pretty funny <laughs> but she loved that dress so we talked about it later and mm-hmm. we, we talked about the dress maybe 12 years later and she did love it because she because she, she understood the passion behind it because it was a dress purely out of fantasy it was not practical it was not a designer it was not like um something that you know would be in the fashion magazines it was not like that it was just a, it was a dress out of pure fantasy it was like a costume it was really mm-hmm. theatrical and really elaborate and really like a 1920s like showgirl like yeah. crazy dress and you know she totally appreciated that she totally got that got it because you know i have the same thing it's like for me it's like this whole thing is an opportunity to to it's be like a ball this is like a fancy dress thing it's it's um so fun i don't i don't know what the red carpet will be like without her i don't think anybody's gonna nobody can do that no it's not gonna be the same thing anymore is it i don't know i mean people they they people do it i mean they, they they she's she's gotten able gotten got sort of training people she's gotten a, like kind of almost like a school like an academy <laughs> <laughs> a 
like a school like it's a total academy where it's a finishing school where you're you're taught how to do it but mm-hmm. um i don't think anybody will be able to do yeah, it as well can you can you walk across that room with the book on your head shit talking somebody's outfit <laughs> it's so perfect it's so perfect um What's like the fairy tale? Do you feel like the fairy tale is a bit over? Like Cinderella's done, and maybe we're just sitting here in a pumpkin. Yeah, it is that kind of thing. It's just a pumpkin and rats. <laughs> that's all. That's at the end of Cinderella. It's pumpkin and rats, and one shoe. <laughs> I mean, it's like really, but it, it 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 it's all good in the end. And you know, um, I'm I'm kind of like, I wanted to go to the funeral because. Um, I wanted to see if Melissa does all those things that it, you know, like it actually has the fan blowing right, her hair back. Right, and, right, um, I know Frankie Valley can't go. He's sick. Oh, okay. He's too sick to go. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know that they're going to do all of that, but I think that's great that she even laughed about all that stuff. And, and she put laid that it out. out. There, yeah. But she's, um, you know, it, it's funny because it's like the, you know, uh, the uh, invitation is very elegant, and then it says on the bottom, "This is this invite is non-transferable." So <laughs> it's very, it's very exclusive. Bitch, it's just you. Bitch, <laughs> it's not a plus one. <laughs> you cannot give this to anybody you else. Can't there's, give this there's to no you. cash value, girl. <laughs> just you. And you know, everyone's gonna get a gift bag with some of that jewelry. We're gonna get some jewelry. We're gonna get some perfume. All that shit I used to give me is still my car. I have a bunch of stuff she's given me over the years. I just never, I, I have it all. I never, I've never taken it out. I, I have, I have it all. I, I should actually um, take pictures of it and show people because it, it really is sweet. I think that would be good. Yeah. Just a little catalog of, of all the stuff that Joan gave you. Yeah, which the is gifts. nice. And, and you know, I, I, I just, I, I, I miss her and I don't know, I, 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 I just don't know what to do. And, um, I guess that's it. I, I guess we should close it out like a, a normal episode. This is not a normal episode, but um, a little bonus, a little yeah, a little bonus, a but little you can tribute. Yeah, I have some remembrances of of her. I've been doing some writing about her, um, which has been really hard. Um, but my uh, Twitter is at Margaret Cho, and so you can follow me and and read about that. And I think I think what people should do now is if if they didn't hear our really wonderful interview with Joan on 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 our show, or if they did, go and listen to it. It's it's, really it's good. number forty eight, um, and it's it's a really just fun, beautiful interview with somebody who had some great stories to tell and uh, and uh, shared a lot of laughs. So yeah. go, go listen to our. Uh, Monsters of Talk episode with Joan Rivers. Yeah, it's really good. And um, we will talk to you next time.